Spine Chills and Serial Killers. I'm Becky. I'm Tash. And I'm Emma. Hi. Hi. Welcome back. Series two, bitches. (laughs) Season two, 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 two. Don't know what that was. we're already singing. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Oh, I've missed this. I'm glad to be back. This is exciting, isn't it? I feel a bit giddy. I kind of feel like, you know, when... I came on for the first time and I was like, I'm so nervous. This is how I feel right now. But like giddy and excited. It's your debut telling a story. Yeah, debut and maybe my only time. So let's just hold on because, you know, busy life. (laughs) (laughs) Before we get started, I need to apologise to all the recorder players out there. (laughs) Because since saying that nobody plays a recorder ever literally every song i hear i can hear a fucking recorder in it (laughs) so becky was right the recorder is a gateway instrument yeah into the harder instruments (laughs) there are different techniques to it i've googled it looked it up on youtube but it would also seem that some people just stick with it a bit like weed i just stick with weed (laughs) exactly so I apologise profusely. I obviously had no idea what I was talking about. Recorders rock. Yeah. Rock on. (laughs) So, yeah. And uh, nobody saw, but Tash did send me a little video of herself playing the recorder. I think Becky sent you. Oh, Becky Becky, Becky might have done, yeah. Yeah. So if anyone would like to see that, we will privately send it to you, but I'm not sure the internet (laughs) needs to see that. I think the internet needs to see you looking down a recorder tube going... (laughs) This is where gonorrhea is from. <laughs> is that what I said? I can't even remember. But disgusting. You were, you were disgusted. I mean, that recorder, that recorder I was playing was literally my recorder in primary school. So that is about 25 years old, that recorder. So it had every right to be disgusting. It had its own ghost in there. Yeah, I was like hung around my mum's house for God knows how many years and just every now and then it gets bought out and a merry little tune gets played on it. Well, just imagine how happy it was when you picked it up again and it was like, oh, she's back. Or like Toy Story. She's She's picked me back up. She's playing with me. Don't mind the gonorrhea. (laughs) Sharon's caring. (laughs) When we were talking about recorders, it kind of brought a horrible memory back that I think I must have blocked out for years. As you know, do you remember where if you play the recorder or lesson and then some if you shake it, like spit could come out? Yeah. Yeah. Disgusting. I remember there was a boy in my class and he was just horrible, horrible boy. And because I didn't like him, I thought he was like physically unpleasing. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, ugh, he... was he the one that slurped up his jelly? <laughs> no, it's different. It's different school. He's also probably this boy that you're having memories about is probably like the one that puberty. Won. Oh yeah, he's probably had a right like, glow he's up. Probably so mm. fit now. Yeah, absolutely. But he was horrible. He wasn't like he was a nice person. He was also a horrible person. Yeah. you know, like the twits makes you ugly. Uh, and he flicked his recorder. He. Ah, stupid music lesson. <laughs> Put it in like a U. I remember a couple of the lessons, it was like a big U on the table. So we all kind of sat opposite each other. And he flicked his recorder. Yeah. And it 
a blob of spit came all the way across the table and went in my eye. Oh, no. That is so disgusting disgusting. And when I thought about it, I could feel what it felt like again in my eye. And I just thought my eye was going to shrivel up and die. But it didn't. It didn't. Uh, no pink eye, like no infection, no cold. Like a grape turning into a raisin. <laughs> <laughs> Kids are gross. Yeah. Kids are gross. My face. I was so disgusted. My face nearly like turned it on itself. I was like, <gasps> <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Talking about boys and recorders has just triggered one of my childhood memories. I'm pretty sure the boys in my class used to try and play the recorder either with their nostrils. Oh yeah, they used to do that <laughs> every oh, year. But- or with their bums no (laughs) oh but you have to put it back in your mouth yeah that's gross I'm pretty sure somebody tried to make the recorder toot with a fart (laughs) and that's where gonorrhea was made (laughs) yeah (laughs) I mean I definitely played it with my nose when the other week (laughs) I did (laughs) not the bum though unless that happened when I left not my bum no boys no yeah, boys are. But maybe guys. one of your brothers had tried to do that. And then we all went and put maybe. it in our mouths. <laughs> we did. <laughs> oh. <laughs> Delightful. Yeah, great. Anyway, this week, Tasha's got a story. Yes, I have. Um, I'm finally doing the long awaited story about my grandparents' house in France, Whoa. which is very exciting. I'm I'm super excited because I've wanted to hear about this forever. Yes. Well, yes. not <laughs> since you mentioned it. Since I mentioned it and I was like, eh, I'm not gonna tell you about it yet. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so I've been gathering information over the last few weeks, probably last month really, to be honest, when I see people getting little snippets here and there. So hopefully my story, which is, you know, actually a massive part of my childhood and could maybe explain why I am the way I am, is about to come true. Oh, well, you picked it up. Better be good now. Yeah. So are you sitting comfortably? Oh, yes, <laughs> we are, mother. <laughs> now I mean, not really, if I'm honest. My chair's a bit hard. Oh, no. Do you want a cushion? Well, yeah. I'm sat in a really awkward position, actually, as well. I'm not very comfortable. Yeah. I always sit on my leg, which is ridiculous, and I get a oh, dead leg. I can't sit on my leg, because if I sit on my leg for any amount of time, I get pins and needles. Yeah, that's exactly what happens, and yet I always do it. Anyway. Also, hold on. I've just got a question about pins and needles. I literally had pins and needles in three of my toes for about four days. Right. Should I be worried about that? Um. Well, it's gone now, so obviously not. But if it happens again, should I be worried about that? I'd mention it to the doctor. I just had like three numb toes that were like tingly. How weird's that? Annoying. Was it the arthritis toe? Not even my arthritic toe, no. I'd mention it next time you were at the doctor's. Doesn't Doesn't hurt, does it? To say. If anyone out there is a doctor or a nurse or specialises in pins and needles, should I be worried about this? I think one of our listeners is a nurse, actually. Send me a DM. Should I be worried? Thank you. <laughs> anyway, my story. Um, so my grandparents bought a lovely house in northwestern France near a lovely town called Villieu-les-Poils. So I must have been around four or five when they got this house. So it was in sort of the mid-90s. I'd say, like, 
you know, before it was really trendy to go to France. Yeah. You know, we like they were probably one of the first. I mean, obviously, I'm sure lots of people have bought houses beforehand, but there wasn't a massive expat community there when they when they got their house. So the plot of land consisted of the main house, mm-hmm. and then there was a smaller barn, and then across the field there was like a tumbled down barn, which would have probably been a hay shed or a cattle shed previously. And then there was like a lawn area and then a big swingers grass, actually, where we used to play rounders. So that was fun. Swingers grass? You know, yeah, you know pampas grass? Yeah. So like people that had pampas grass in their front gardens, like it's because they were swingers. What? <laughs> we never heard that. We're talking about the big bushy grass that makes a big white fluffy feathery thing, yeah, like aren't we? Grass. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I didn't I didn't know it was called swingers grass. Yeah, it's affectionately known as swingers I'm grass. I'm gonna go plant a load in our front yard and like make the neighbours talk. Oi, oi. Oi, oi. <laughs> <laughs> so people that have that, yeah. I mean I think it's a joke. It's a bit tongue tongue in cheek, but oi, oi. <laughs> tongue in it's cheek. the only thing that's going in that cheek. <laughs> Which cheeks? Ooh. <laughs> yeah so that was a joke anyway don't know if they were swingers good for them if they were keeps them young <laughs> um yeah yeah so that was sort of the layout the big house which was the main sort of family house if you will there was two sides to it so there was the older side and then there was a side that they then renovated and it was over multiple floors and a bit like you had to go down some steps to go up some steps. Oh, like a Hansel and Gretel house, but higgledy-piggledy. Yeah, a little bit. But it was a lovely big house where like, we could all go as a family. So I've got a really big family. There's like 15 cousins and now we're all having children, so there's even more. But there's lots of us. And we'd often go as sort of overlap holidays, so... You'd be 10 days there with your own family, but then you'd have some time with like the whole family and what have you. So I've got so many happy memories there. And like it was a big part of all our childhoods. And that being said, this is a horror. Well, this is a ghost story and serial killers podcast. So, you know. News to me. Uh, keeping to the yeah, theme. Yeah, it wasn't all happy memories. There was a mass murder of my whole family that has not been joking. That's horrible. That's all joking. <laughs> I am the only one to survive them all. Uh, <laughs> turns out, guys, I'm actually a serial killer. Okay, <laughs> murdered all my family. <laughs> What's the <laughs> murdered all family? Did you... <laughs> she did a really weird accent. She did. <laughs> I couldn't. I, I couldn't I quite believe it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think I could do it again. <laughs> so, as much as there's lots of lovely memories there, that house also, even now when I think about it, actually gives me shivers. Tell us why. Tell me why. Ain't nothing but a Today. Tell me why. Uh, nothing ain't nothing but a Tell me why. <laughs> I never wanted to say. I want to say. Why can we never 
never get it right. Why is it never all on the same time? It's the delay. It's the delay. That's the issue. Wink, wink, nudge, nudge. Why is that a wink? Why is being delayed a wink? (laughs) Because it's not the delay. All right, all right, okay, yeah. No, it is the delay. It's totally the delay. I'll stop interrupting you now. Um, No, it's fine. So as a child, I was a vivid dreamer, had night terrors, would often wake up in the night, would talk in my sleep. My mum tells me how she'd be able to have full-on conversations with me. And to be honest, the dreams that I remember are only dreams that I had in that house now as an adult. So obviously you don't really remember your dreams, do you? But the ones that I can remember are from when we were staying in France there. Yeah. So that's a little bit freaky. So I never really liked being in the house alone. If the family was outside and I needed to use the loo, there was like a utility room and there was a loo in there. So I'd choose to go in there rather than go back in the house. Even though the loo outside had loads of spiders in, that was better than the ghosts. I remember having one dream that I was in bed and there was a ghost holding the duvet over my head and... I'd be at the bottom of the stairs and then the ghost would be at the top of the stairs, but I'd have to go to bed. Like, And parts of me thinks, are these dreams or are these things that I really saw as a child? I don't know. It's it's difficult, isn't it, when you've got childhood memories because you're like, did that actually happen or is, am I just yeah. remembering it a certain way and it was actually something else or was it a dream or... But whether they were dreams or whether they were things that happened to me and sort of things that I felt it all centers around this house and being there so I mean that's odd yeah like those horrible dreams like I've got I've got a vivid memory of a dream of like a ghost in chains and like that but like hearing the chains all I can think about is a fucking Muppet Christmas Carol (laughs) that's all I can think about but I yeah, it is. And I, I completely agree with you because when I say it, that's what I think of. But the memory I have isn't of that. It is of the house in France. Yeah. So that was, so that's just a bit freaky. And like, even as an adult, when I would go there, like I'd, all those memories would come rushing back. Yeah. yeah. And I remember one year my nan asking me to go and clean the house before they arrived. And, like, it's a big house, so to clean the house properly, like, you're there realistically. Like, could probably two of you could do it in two days, but it's, you know, it's a lot of work to do. Yeah. And I said to her I would do it, but I'd only do one side of the house. So where I had most of my dreams was in the older side, which was above the kitchen, But the side that I was most scared of was the newly renovated side, actually. Oh. Yeah, so the rooms were named. So you'd go into the castle room, which was like the family room, the lounge. That's where we'd like play games in the evening. The kids, as kid children, we'd put on shows for our parents and stuff like that. So you'd go into that room, then you'd go down four or five steps. And then you'd go, like there was like a seating area down there. And then you could go up a big staircase like it was almost like a double staircase as in like the height of it not the width like it was a really long staircase yeah and then there'd be a big landing so it was a massive landing area like the size of a bedroom on that landing there was a bookshelf there was a wardrobe with a mirror on and there was a rocking chair 
Oh, oh, I thought you were going to say rocking horse then. I was like, oh, I nearly slipped up and said rocking horse, but it was a rocking chair. Still creepy. Still creepy, yeah. I could never look at that rocking chair. I couldn't look at it. There was three levels on that side of the house. And on the first floor, there was a bedroom. So there was the massive landing, there was a bedroom, and then there was the bathroom. And if I was then going up to the second floor, I remember vividly, like, shielding my face... So, you know, like like blinkers, like you put on a horse, yeah, so yeah, I couldn't yeah, yeah. see so I couldn't see the rocking no, horse. No, peripher- yeah, peripheral yeah. vision. Uh, the rocking chair, sorry. Yeah, the rocking chair. There was not a rocking horse. So I could just run straight up to the uh, second floor. I remember doing that with things that used to scare me. Yeah. But now I do think that if that rocking chair, rocking chair ever started moving... It's your fault because you haven't given it attention at all and it's craving attention. Well, <laughs> that's a valid point there, Becky, and you'll see why later. <laughs> I don't want the chair to move. <laughs> there are reports of people seeing that rocking chair move by itself. No, yeah. don't like that. Uh-uh. So I am not the only person in the family who's had feelings of being watched or a presence in the room, things like the rocking chair moving, or just, you know, like, the feeling that you're, you know, like, there's just somebody there. And th- yeah. there wouldn't necessarily be anyone there. Yeah. Um. So as children, none of us would, would like to go around separately. And luckily, as we were such a big family, chances are there was always somebody that would come with you. But none of us out of choice would certainly be alone in that house. So I've got one story in particular, which I think you will enjoy. My cousin, who is about 18 months older than me and named Sophie, when she was about seven or eight, her siblings and her family were outside. They were all outside eating, as we did most nights, and she needed the loo. So she went to the loo in the newly renovated part of the house. I'm not sure why she chose that loo because there were two toilets closer to her. That was the one she chose to go to anyway. So she went up, did her business and she had the overwhelming sense that she was being watched. Mm. So she decided in her ultimate wisdom to look through the keyhole. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Baffling. Oh. Why would you do that? Absolutely oh, crazy. Oh no. Yeah. Why would you do it? How mad's that? She looked through the keyhole and as she looked through, she saw a child shadow, like a ghostly shadow standing there. It waved to her. Oh my God, oh, no. God. <laughs> How mad's no. that? She absolutely screamed her head off and then it vanished. Fuck yeah. that. No, I've, I've got tears in my eyes. Horrible, no. isn't it? This is horrible. There are rocking chairs and ghost children, and that yeah. is terrifying. Waving. Yeah, waving. Where, what the fuck? I know. So she ran downstairs and obviously was, like, upset, and all her family was there. Nobody had gone in the house, because th- she's one of six, but nobody had left, so everyone else had been sat at the table, so it wasn't one of her siblings. And, yeah, like... Never happened again, never saw it again, but that really, really st- stuck with her and, quite frankly, it was horrible and terrifying. So before our family purchased the house, I say our family, it was my grandparents, before they purchased the house, there was an elderly woman that lived in that house. 
she was actually infirm and was confined to one room in the house, which was the kitchen room. So that was where it was a large kitchen sort of diner and there was a couple of chairs in there. That was sort of the hub of the family, if you will. And there was always a corner of that room that was always cold. No matter what we did, it wasn't damp, but there was no windows on that side of the house, but it was always, always cold. So my grandparents were telling me at the weekends that it actually turns out that that's where her bed was. Right. Is that where she died? Well, they said they don't know if that's where she died. But I'm assuming they bought the house because she died. So I'm going to say that's where she died. Because it or at least name. that's where she is now. That Yeah, exactly. Because also, I remember you saying previously, Emma, that it's not necessarily ghosts die. It's where they feel most at home or they, like, they've got yeah. memories. And so they're sort of emotionally tied to that area, aren't they? Yeah. So... You know, the probability of that house being in her family for a long time is is plausible because that's kind of how a lot of the French, certainly in those rural areas, do live, isn't it? You know, it's passed down through families. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, 100%. That part of France is extremely rural, farmlands. Chances are, yeah, as I say, that, that house would have been in their family for years. And it is, it's a hamlet, so there were several houses named uh, the same... The same name. Named the same name. So chances are it was a big farm at one point, you know, maybe buildings were given to sons and daughters, whatever. However, it was portioned off over the years. But yeah, undoubtedly that lady would have had a really strong connection to that house. I mean, she quite possibly could have lived there her entire life. Yeah, yeah. exactly. You know, even been born there. So... Yeah. So yeah, that part of the kitchen was always cold. Several members of the family report seeing an elderly lady sat in a chair that was placed in that corner. Why are they placing chairs in weird places though? I think they're asking for it. (laughs) Well, it was sort of to the side of the fireplace. So actually, I think a really normal place to put a chair. Yeah, Yeah. not bad. (laughs) So it's near the fireplace, but always cold. Exactly. Yeah, that's suspicious. And the chairs were facing the fire. Oh. Yeah, so there many, many reports of people walking in, seeing an elderly lady sort of sat there. And my great-grandmother, who oh, sadly passed away 10 years ago, she actually had a conversation with this ghostly figure. Oh, my God. Oh, I obviously can't ask her anymore because she's passed. But that's sort of a well-known fact within the family that my great nana would be sat having a chat with with this elderly lady. So, and as a child, I sort of knew that was the case. Like I'd heard it, but I thought I thought that was just that the adults trying to scare us a bit. But actually, yeah. no, it's true. You know, like when you're a kid and everyone goes, "Oh yeah, great nana would sit and have a chat with the ghost," and I just thought, "Oh, they're just trying to scare us." But no, apparently, it's true. So the family began sort of as we would arrive for the holiday we would sort of say hello to the to whoever was there we'd greet them we'd tell them that we didn't mean any harm and that we were there because we loved the property and we just wanted to enjoy it so as long as you kind of did that she wouldn't this ghostly figure wouldn't crop up too much yeah it was like settling it 
as yeah, well. it was just, you know, acknowledging that we know it's her house, but actually, can we share it? So again, yeah. it sort of circles back to Emma, you know, when we've spoke about saying, do they know that they're dead or do they think we're encroaching on them? Or Yeah, yeah. Is she thinking, what are these people doing in my house? Exactly, yeah. So as long as we sort of greeted her, she'd sort of be fine. I was speaking to one of my uncles over the weekend and he says how he always felt he's quite spiritual and in touch with his spiritual side and very open to religion uh, all sorts of religion not just one you know he's a sensitive guy and he said that he would several times had felt like someone was trying to push him down the stairs and I was like so what like literally push you or just sort of that sensation he said well I never actually fell but yeah definitely had that more than one occasion Mm. No. But again, once well, that's not very nice. Started greeting and um, acknowledging her. Yeah, that did sort of ease off. Acknowledging but her. Both my grandparents both had sense sensations of being watched and followed, and yeah, so just a bit creepy, really. So yeah, I don't like it. I'm not, I'm not area, liking which it. Was like the kept lawn, if you will, where we had the paddling pool down the bottom of that. If you looked like on a diagonal across the field, which was a field away, not not even like a large field, like within walking distance. There was a house which was of the same name and actually belonged to my granddad's cousin, I believe. So within our family. And that house, I'd been to it on several occasions with my family, you know, if, if our extended family were there. And... Even now, if I was to go to my grandparents' property, which they've actually sold, but if I was to go there, I know I would not be able to look at that house across the way because I have got such strong, vivid memories of going down there and like playing with my cousins or my brother or whatever and looking up at the house and I would always see a ghostly figure up in the top window. Yeah, Yeah. horrible, but like... I can see her nope, so don't like, like that in one my either. mind's eye now. Mm-hmm. Like I can literally see her, and it wouldn't. And there'd be nobody staying there because my granddad's cousin was a sheep farmer, so like their holidays were few and far between, sort of thing. You know, wouldn't necessarily be there every time we were there. So that house would often be empty, but there was definitely something there. Like as much as I didn't always feel comfortable in my grandparents' house. Like, over the years, the atmosphere lightened. Yeah. It became our our family yeah. home rather than the previous family or whoever it was that was sort of still there. But that house, I could never go in. I hated it. Well, I'm not fucking surprised with this just looming presence yeah. just looking over. So, yeah, as Ooh, I said, no, over I the years, like the Mm-mm. atmosphere certainly started to lighten. The family members were sort of greeting the house as we were walking in, you know, saying whatever they were saying. And yeah, it just got lighter and lighter over the years. The feeling of being watched definitely sort of stopped and everyone became more comfortable with the house. And until one year I went, it would have been one of the last times we were all there together. I was an adult. I was dating my now ex-husband and we went, they were all, all my family were over for Christmas So my family, who lived in France, we went to join them for uh, in between Christmas and New Year dinner and the catch-up. 
and me and my partner decided to stay for the night. So as I say, we were all adults, all of us cousins were there with us, like, partners and whatever. So there was a lot of people in the house and, and we were a lot bigger than, well, we're fully-fledged adults. So it wasn't like a load of screaming kids running around. It was, you know, big, big people. Yes. And there was... um we were all sort of trying to wind each other up. It was, you know, the, we needed some wood in. So it was, who's going to be brave enough to go outside and get some wood for the fire? And it was like talk of the men in the family explained it as power surges. But the lights would seem to go out every time around the same time. And of course, we were all like, it's the ghost. But I mean... I'm sure an electrician will explain it away, but we know in our hearts it was the ghost. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's how it is in the film, isn't it? The lights always flicker. Yeah, so it would, but apparently my cousins, they'd all been staying there and I'm, I'm sure I remember them saying to me that it would happen around the same time every night. And but again, rural France, is it? You're, you're a long way down the line all the time, so the, surely the lights would flicker all the time if they were going to flicker. Do you know what I mean? But Well, they flicker every time someone put the kettle on or something. So that's what ours used to do? No, not necessarily. Like, it would just... There'd be, like, a power surge and it would go out and, like, everything would trip, but you'd all be in the same room, so there'd be no reason for it to happen or whatever. Yeah. But, but again, you know, it's an old house. The electrics are probably a bit ropey, but... It probably was the ghost also. Yeah. For them to flicker sounds a bit ghosty. Yeah, it's just weird, isn't it? Like, but that's scary anyway. Regardless of whether it's a ghost or not, you're in an old house in the middle of nowhere. You're you're shouting. No one's going to hear you. So it is scary. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) No one's going to hear you. If you scream, no one will be there. But it's true, though, isn't it? Um, It is. So me and my partner decided to stay uh, with my cousins for the night and my mum and my stepdad went home with my younger siblings and um, the only form of heating was the fire and... um, The cold fire next to the that one. Yeah, yeah, the cold fire. uh, That any heat was just being sucked up by the coldness and just electric, electric heaters. So... It was kind of like all sleeping as close to each other in as little amount of rooms. And then my ex got up really early the next morning. Like, at the time, for me, it was like the middle of the night. I think I remember you telling me this part that you're about to go into. Mm. So um, he went downstairs to stoke the fires. Um, So I think there's two fires. So he did them both. And was just sat there, couldn't get back to sleep, whatever. So was just sat there, like, with a coffee or whatever. And the cupboard that was behind him, which was in the corner of the room where it was always cold, the cupboard doors opened. No. Yeah. Nope, nope, nope. She was getting her coffee to have a coffee with him. There you go. <laughs> Older people always get up really early. They do. But the, <laughs> the cupboard doors, you know, like how they've got like a metal pin that goes in. So it's not, you know, if you shut them quickly, they don't always catch. Yeah. If you shut it properly, like it's it's shut tight. Like you have to really pull that open. Yeah. And, and they were shut properly. And yeah, they just flung open apparently. Ooh. And that, that, that scared him. So he come back up to bed. But. Well, 
maybe the ghost was like, we don't like you, you're a knob. Maybe. Go back to bed. Maybe. <laughs> <laughs> don't like you, you're a knob. <laughs> she was like, there, this little old French name, she was like, toi, je t'aime pas. <laughs> <laughs> That side of the house had no windows on and the the rooms that, that needed to have a window were just really small windows. Like it it yeah. must have been like the north side of the house or something. I don't know what the rules are about our windows and stuff. Yeah, there are always those tiny weeny little windows or no yeah, windows. Yeah, so on the other they? side of the house, like they were lovely big windows that would open up, like double windows. But all of the how the windows on that side of the house were those really, really small ones. Yeah. Um, but in that room, there was absolutely no windows. Like, I mean, not that a window would be able to open a cupboard door, but... <laughs> a draft, possibly. I don't know. Yeah. Is that what you're getting at? There was no draft? Yeah, that's what I'm trying to get at. But even still, like, through a cupboard, is that a thing? Like... <laughs> yeah, it'd open a, it'd open a door or it'd open the window more. But yeah, to actually open a cupboard door is strange. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so um, I think that scared him quite a lot and... Good. Uh, when I <laughs> when I was speaking to my family members, I'd actually forgotten about that. But when I was speaking to my family members, um, they all reminded me of that, and they were like, "Oh yeah, do you remember when that happened to your ex-husband?" I was like, "Oh yeah." Um, <laughs> I think she was looking out for you, babe. Maybe, I think maybe. she was like, "I know you're a wrong un. Oh, you can fuck off. Oh. Have a cupboard flung <laughs> open at you." Um, <laughs> So that's creepy. Yeah, exactly. And then I was I was talking to my grandparents at the weekend, and they they kept mentioning bats. <laughs> like <laughs> every time, was really making me laugh because I was going to them. Did anything spooky happen to you? And they were like, "Oh yeah." <laughs> Do you remember that time there was a bat in the house? I was like, "A bat's scary," but. And then I was I was really laughing at them. I was like, guys, you're not grasping like the whole premise of the <laughs> the podcast. Like, I don't want to know about animals. But what did they do? Did your granddad run around with a towel trying to get it out? <laughs> like that video. <laughs> yeah. What is it? Jerry? Jerry? Is that what it is? Oh, it's the funniest <laughs> it's video. So funny, they're Irish, aren't they? <laughs> yes. I could just I could just see your granddad doing that. <laughs> I've had a bat in the house and it's no joke. I, well, we did in, in our old house and it wasn't fun. So no. I was thinking about this. Like, obviously, we've all lived in really old houses over there. So bats aren't particularly uncommon, especially when you're like renovating um, a house. But, I mean, they mentioned five or six different times when there were bats in the house. And I wonder, is that like an omen? It's Dracula. No. Unless we're going down a vampire road, I don't. I think it was just rural France okay. and we have a lot of bats. Yeah. Did, their, did their neighbours glisten in the sun? Well, I mean, there was um, Andre, the farmer, and I swear the first time he came to the house to put the cows oi, oi. in... Came. <laughs> yeah, the first, the first time he came and did what? <laughs> he put the cows and the goats and the pony on the on the grass. Um, I swear he was about one hundred and ten then already. So, 
maybe old Andre was actually a vampire. And, oh, I wasn't uh, picturing him to be about 100. I was picturing him to be a young, dashing farmer. I mean, he was him. so old forever. Like, so yeah, who knows? Maybe, maybe. But um, I'm going to go with the bats. Probably not paranormal. No, probably a country thing. They're always... I mean, I could go out in the garden now and I'm more in a village and there'll be bats everywhere. Yeah, and they swoop at you, don't they? they? Well, when when mum was in, it was winter, it was in my daughter's bedroom in our old house and I went in there just to shut the windows so I forgot to shut them. And I heard this... Like that. I was like, what the fuck's that? Opened... uh, Turned on the light and there was a bat flying around. And then... Oh, um, I was like... I'm gonna get rabies <laughs> and run out of the house. <laughs> they like run really out. panic, don't they, Bats? Yeah, well, I made it panic and it made me panic. And then it must have flown out long, not long afterwards, but we like quarantined that bedroom. Oh, did you? <laughs> yeah, because I was like, it could be in here and like, it could, well, I don't know, just be waiting for it to be nighttime again. But no, it definitely flew out straight away. Yeah. Yeah, poor thing. So that's kind of the end of my story, really. But basically, yeah, it was a really haunted house and really scary for a lot of my childhood. And yeah. Didn't I go there once? I think you did come with me once. But we, you, you, you did explain to me before we went that, that you didn't like the, the main house. Because didn't we, didn't we go to a like a, an outbuilt, an outhouse. So there was two properties. My grandparents, there was the big house and then there was the smaller house down the bottom that my grandparents renovated for themselves. Yeah, that was that, that one that we went that in. That wasn't particularly haunted, I don't think. No, that was all well, nice I never and bright and open. Yeah, I yeah. never felt uncomfortable there. Yeah. But I think if you're feeling that uncomfortable, there is... There is something to it because I've been in places where I'm like, mm, I don't like it here. Yeah. And um, one one example was classic. It was a Jeet complex, so multiple houses. Yeah. That I would go and clean, and it was it was a good job. It paid well, but I wouldn't go on my own. Yeah. I actually always had to. I didn't mind sharing the money, at all. As long as I wasn't on my own yeah. there, because there was one particular house in this sheet complex that I just did not like. Couldn't give you an explanation why, it just felt really creepy. Yeah. And there was one time I had to go in there and get something, and I was with my husband, and I said, oh, I don't want to go in, can you go in and get it? Or... He was gonna, or I wasn't there, and he was like in town, and he said, "Oh, I'll just nip in and get it," because he's very matter of fact, you know, kind of a non-believer. Yeah. Uh, things like that don't spook him. But he walked in, and the lights were on, and I'm pretty convinced that they were off the last time we were in there. And he swears that he saw like a shadow person go up the stairs out the corner of his oh, eye. Yeah. So he, he, he wasn't overly impressed with that. So yeah, see, so you pick up on things because I'd never experienced anything. I just did not like that particular building yeah. at all. And again, you were saying when you were talking about how you would walk into the house and acknowledge the spirit. Yeah. Uh, kind of to appease her. Yeah. It reminded me of what I do. Where my mum lives now is actually, it used to be my grandma's uh, flat. Okay. 
And you know how people have a smell? Yeah. Like, I'm not saying people smell, but... Yeah, people have a smell. <laughs> well, some people smell, but what I mean is, like, everybody's got their own kind of smell. Yeah. And my grandma's house and my grandma had this smell. It, it must have been the brand of soap she used or the, I don't I don't know what it was. It wasn't an unpleasant smell. It was just the way my grandma's house smelled and my grandma smelled. Yeah. And every time I'd go and stay there, you know, it's, I don't know. It's a very particular smell that I remember. Well, smells trigger memories, don't they? Yes. Yeah, yeah. I can, I, I, yeah, I can smell it now almost. Yeah. And... So my grandma passed and then my mum moved into her house, blah, blah, blah. So it's been completely redecorated and refurnished and it's been replastered. You know, it's been completely renovated. So for all intents and purposes, it's the building that was your nan's, like, but it's no longer her, like hers. It doesn't look like it used to at all. Yeah. But still, the minute I walk through that door, I can smell my grandma. And it smells like my grandma's house. Oh, really? And it doesn't matter that it's been painted and revamped. And it, it, it that building just smells like my grandma. And it's nothing frightening or spooky or anything like that. But every single time I walk in, I, I can't help but say, hi, Gran. Yeah. It's, yeah. it's just something I automatically do because it is. You walk in and you, I don't know. She's just there. Yeah. I know she's there because I can smell her. It's very, very, almost comforting. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Well, that's nice. I think my brother said to me that he was there once, but I can't remember if he said he doesn't know whether it was a dream or not. I'm pretty sure he said it wasn't a dream, but that he kind of woke up and uh, our grandma was in the bedroom, just like kind of looking at him. And he wasn't frightened or anything, but he was just like, you shouldn't be here kind of thing, you know. And then, I don't know, he must have gone back to sleep or something. So she's obviously still around. Yeah. So, uh, no, I totally, um, I, I absolutely believe your story, I think. Yeah. You... But it was definitely my, if if I hadn't have had that as a child, I wouldn't believe now. Like, the reason I do believe in ghosts and I know that that's, that they are real is because of, because of that house and the experiences and the feelings that I got when I was there. Yeah. Not not a fan of looking through a keyhole and seeing a shadow boy wave. I can't believe that my cousin did that. How mad is that? How, how old was fan. she again, though, when that happened? Like, like seven or eight, like the age of our the kids. The thing is, though, you, you haven't really watched many horror films by then, so you don't know not yeah, to do that. but I don't that. know that I would look for a hole to see what was there. I'd be scared that there was just a big eye staring back at me. Uh, yeah, horrible. Yeah, that's... that's kind of what I was expecting Tash to say. <laughs> I was like, please don't let it be an eye. <laughs> because, yeah, horrible. I, But I said to her when she was telling the story, like, did you feel like it was just one of your siblings there? She was like, no, I knew it wasn't them. You know, like before she'd looked through the hole. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean... People look like people, not like shadows. No, yeah. but even before she'd looked, the reason she'd looked... So what I maybe should have explained earlier, that layout up there, there's the bedroom, and the bedroom, that bedroom on that floor, the bathroom was the family bathroom, but could also be an ensuite. So you could... There was two doors into that bathroom. Yeah, yeah. So, like, if that was my, if that was me and I thought it was my siblings, you'd try and go 
out the other door to like make them jump but she said she didn't get that feeling she knew it wasn't one of her siblings and that's why she looked through the keyhole creepy so weird isn't it yeah creepy as fuck absolutely thanks for that it was definitely a really creepy house and but also like I say like the best memories from there like I've had some of the most loveliest times there like with my family my grandma was a guide leader and I went on like guide camps there like a massive massive place in my heart that house and all the memories that it brings but also a bit of a spooky side yeah definitely and and when they sold the house a few years ago like like I genuinely cried like it was really really sad and you know there was talk of it staying in the family but it just you know it wasn't feasible for us all to do it like financially and and what have you but that decision that was made was with a really heavy heart yeah. So yeah, but yeah, there you go. That's the story of La Bourdonnière. Ooh, well, thank you very much. You're welcome. Thanks, Tash. Thanks for the nightmares. <laughs> You're welcome. I also think you know the the child ghost that they saw. Imagine yeah. if you're a ghost and just like walking around your house at night, and yeah. your job is not to show yourself to people. Yeah. Uh, you'd be like, oh shit, hi. I can kind of see why yeah. he waved. <laughs> but how did it know? How did it know that she was peeking through the keyhole? Well, they just know, don't they? Yeah. I don't like it. Yeah, uh, that's going to stick with me. Yeah, it's horrible. That and fucking Becky's sleep demon thing. So everybody, when I was speaking to everybody, they were all, they like, they mentioned the situation with the cupboard and my ex-husband and they were like, you've got to speak to Sophie about the child, like her, her encounter. Ooh. Creepy shit, man. Yeah. And that woman like looming over from the other house. Yeah. No. Nobody else mentioned that. I think that was like personal to me, but that's definitely memory of mine is that house and that woman up there. But then, you know, I, um, I think when you're in touch with that, aren't you? When you're open, you're receptive. Yeah. Especially when you're younger as yeah, well, exactly. when you're younger. Yeah. yeah. I remember we used to do bed and breakfast and we had this uh, really nice Australian couple come and stay and they were young and I thought Sorry, they were really cool. Sorry, was it Australian Tom's parents? No, it was not. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they were actually looking for a property. So they were staying with us and then during the day going to visit properties and I really hit it off with the the lady and she actually asked my parents if I could tag along. Oh, nice. I mean, at this point, I'm probably about, I don't know, 11 or 12, yeah. you know. And we were just looking around houses and there was this huge building that she took me to see and she loved it. And um, I hated it. The instant I put my feet in that building, I was like, I'm going to go outside. I yeah. don't like it. I'll, I'll just wait for you at the car. And um, so she looked, you know, her and her husband, partner, whatever, looked around the house and they they were really taken with it. And when we were driving away, she was like, you know, what what happened? Why didn't you like it? I said, I have no idea. I just got a really, really bad vibe and I just had to get out. I didn't like it. I was uncomfortable. And so they actually were planning on buying this house and they they asked the estate agent, you know, has is there anything we should know about it? You know, has, you know, anything horrible in its past or whatever. And the estate agent actually said that the previous owner had hung themselves in there. Oh yeah. So they didn't buy that nice. house. 
thing is that in rural France, a lot of people hang themselves. The amount of stories yeah. I've heard of people hanging themselves. Well, it's such it's a... awful. I think as well, like, you've got to look at the community. Like, it's it's a massive farming population community. Yeah, and they're under a lot of pressure. Well, they're, they're under a lot of pressure. Milk farmers just can't make ends meet. Yeah. And then a lot of other farmers as well, yeah. I mean, in my kids' school alone, I think it's like six or seven of the dads have committed yeah. suicide. It's not uncommon, is it? Like, it's it's almost like if you hear of somebody dying, you automatically think, oh, well, did they commit suicide? Like, in that region. Like, it's quite often, like, if my mum tells me of somebody, I'm like, oh, God. So like over here in England, where I am, if somebody dies, I think, oh, God, you know, were they ill? Over there, I almost it's almost always depression, isn't it? Or... Yeah, or financial financial stress, stress. yeah, yeah, from the farm, yeah, yeah. I think that they were all farmers. It's weird, yeah, very strange. I've had so many conversations with like people over the years about sort of moving to France, and I've known people since I've moved back, and they're like, "Oh, we're going to move to France," and don't get me wrong, I'm digging it out because. I've got the happiest memories from the time that I lived there. Like, all my best friends live there. But it's a bloody hard place to live. Like, it's... it can The winters are hard. The winters are hard. They? It can be so isolating because everything's so far away. When I came back on holiday for our friend's wedding, I just... I'd completely forgot how far you have to drive for everything. But it depends where you go. Like, we're talking rural, rural France. If you go to Paris, it's not like that. If you go to Saint-Tropez, it's yeah, not like that. Yeah, of course, you but know. what we know of it and where we lived, yeah, it was rural France, wasn't it? You know, like, yeah. you're lucky if you have a next-door neighbour because that isn't the norm. Yeah. yeah. Just putting it out there, I do have a next-door neighbour and he has guns. Just putting yeah. it out there. yeah he's got guns and he will blast your head off oh someone just drank and I really heard it (laughs) 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 it's Tash she's got that podcast to dry mouth I held it in my mouth for too long so it made a massive massive drink (laughs) (laughs) Do you guys get that thing sometimes when you like forget how to swallow? Yeah. yeah. Liquid in your mouth and you're like, and you're like, what the f- what do I do? I don't know what to do. Yeah, why does that happen? I don't know. It's when you put too much too much in your mouth. But then when you do swallow it like hurts and you're like And it and it makes that massive gulp because you're like forcing I don't know, it's unnatural. I just don't understand though how <laughs> How the body works. (laughs) Oh, God, where are we going with this one? (laughs) Like, obviously the air and the water goes down the same. (laughs) Obviously the air. (laughs) How is it not constantly filling up our lungs with juice? Because there's two. It goes in the same mouth, but it branches off into, like, one branches off into the, yeah, into your lungs. It's so stressful. (laughs) That's why you cough when you get food the wrong way, because it's... Hold on. So when we say it's gone down the wrong hole, is that actually real? I think so. 
What, he's I don't actually know. gone down the wrong hole? I thought it was just like a saying. No, I don't think it is. <sighs> My mind is like... Yeah, because you have your esophagus and your trachea. Trachea is... The breathing bit. breathing bit. And then the other bit goes down to your stomach. Esophagus. Do you remember when Becky thought esophagus is the places that you put Egyptian kings? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do. What's it called again? What's the proper one? When I said it, I was like, why is this making me feel embarrassed, this word? <laughs> <laughs> it's sarcophage. I don't know what it is in English. Sarcophage. Yeah, but it does sound like esophagus. And I can't even say that very well. well I can't remember what it is now. Sarcophage. Anyway, never mind. It's not esophagus. I know that much. I've just sent you a uh, little picture, Tash, so that you can see what happens. (laughs) (laughs) Have you got a diagram? Yeah, a little diagram there. (laughs) Lots of little labels showing you where the trachea is and what's happening there. I should definitely know about this. Why don't I know about this as an adult? You didn't listen in science. Clearly. I didn't listen in history. You didn't listen in science. <laughs> Talking about mummies, I learned something absolutely horrifying. Do you guys know that when they first start started digging up um, mummies, they ate them? Oh, what? because I, I only found out because they found one not long ago and it was all juicy in there and people were wanted to pay loads of money to like drink the juice. <laughs> the mummy juice. No, they didn't. What? This is yes, they did. Lie. I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I am going to send you the link to this. <laughs> and I was, I read it, That's and I was mostly... like, Bleh. yeah. And didn't they used to like, especially like the mummy Willy? What? <laughs> the mummy Willy. <laughs> Sorry, what is going on here? <laughs> is that is that the part that you kind of skimmed and it made your ears perk up and think, oh? I'm going to read the whole article now. <laughs> Maybe I've just made that up, but I'm pretty sure they used to, like, lob off the mummy's willy and then make it into powder and then eat it. Oh, for fuck's sake. That's too much, though, isn't it? I'm all for sucking dick, but not dead dick. <laughs> Hi, Tasha's mum. <laughs> oh, I wonder if it'll crunch like a cereal bar. <laughs> but why, Becky? Why did they do it? Why did they eat the mummies? No, listen, I thought it was esophagus. So, <laughs> so, I don't really know. I know that they took the brain out using like a weird little... Like they took your brain out through your nose. That's what I know, but that was from the film The Mummy. What are you on about? When they used to prepare the mummies <laughs> to put them in the ground. Like, yeah, they used to take when your brain out. they were mummifying out. them. Yeah, they used to get like a red hot poker thing with a hook on the end and stick it up your nose, swirl it around and pull your brain out through your nostrils. Oh. I, I'm Googling why do people eat mummies, right? And it was the first hit on Google when I typed in why do people eat? Oh, no. So, medical cannibalism is a consumption or use of the human body, dead or alive, to treat diseases. Yeah, then they used to powder them up, and then then that's what people used to eat. They used to like powder them, and then people were like 
realised that you could get a lot of money from it, so they just like powdered chalk and bits and bobs and like animal ash and uh, tried to sell that. Apparently they believed that because it was part of a human body that it could heal their human body. But what happens if the mummy was like really frail? And how long do they have to be a mummy before you can then eat them? Yeah, but mummies are like thousands and thousands of years old, so they... So who's fucking eating this? Is this people recently? (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I don't have the answers. And I think I made up the ground up woolly mummy thing. I think they just generally ate mummies. So I've just told the whole world that I like to suck dick for no reason. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, yeah, nice. Nice. I just got confused because I had read that King Tut was embalmed with an erect penis. So there you go. Bit of history for you there. But um I think um dead people can can get erections though, can they? Yes. Yes, they can. People with penises can get erections. Yeah. yeah. They can't sit up or anything. Oh That's God. a load of shit, but they can get the odd erection. Right, but yeah. their dick can stand yes. to attention. They call it the final salute. Do they? <laughs> no, I don't know. <laughs> I, don't know. I don't know if I just made that up or whether that is really a thing. <laughs> Right. Oh my god. <laughs> Shall we move? I need to do I need to do my story because it is quite a long one, so I better get on with it, girls. I'll do I'll say my sources. I'm gonna have to try and say them more often because I always forget. So a lot of the my sources for fault sources. Fourthy. Were this um an article from the Cincinnati Times, I think, by Chris Graves. Uh Wikipedia like usual. Got a couple of notes as well from a podcast called The Piketon Massacre podcast. And and one more from Fox well, Fox News again, Fox nineteen now article. But that was only for the end. Right. So our story this week takes place in Piketon, Ohio. So Pankton is a very, very small town made up of 2,200 people. So, tiny, tiny. The Roden family was a large family who all lived there in this very small town. Generations of this same family had grown up there and never left. It was just kind of how their life went there. So, generations of this family all lived in in this town. And they were a beloved fixture of the community. They all lived in trailers and they all kind of saw each other nearly every day, all helped each other out, taking each other's dogs for walks, looking after each other's kids, that type of thing. Lovely. Like a little like a little community within a small yeah. town. Yeah. Okay. Most of them actually lived on the same road. It was a very long road called Union Hill Road. So they weren't like neighbours, but you could kind of walk from... They were all within a couple of miles of each other. Yeah. Yeah. So one Friday morning in April 2016, 
the morning started out pretty much like any other morning. So Bobby Joe Manley, who was part of the Rodham family, got up at 10 minutes past six in the morning to wake up her 15-year-old daughter to go and get her bus for school, as she did most days. She then drove over to the trailer of Christopher Roden, who's her brother-in-law, yeah. to feed his dogs and chickens. In the car with her, she had a, a friend and his wife. And when she pulled into the driveway, she left her cell phone charging in the car, went up to the trailer and turned the handle of the door. And it was locked. So it sounds like one of those families where you just kind of walk in each other's houses. You don't even knock, yeah. you know. So it was locked and she thought that was weird. And uh, she also thought it was weird that their two pit bulls were outside on the front porch one was sitting in the recliner and one was just uh, on the porch and normally they, they stay in the trailer with a brother-in-law. She also saw that there was a side window open, which was also a little strange. So she got, she had a key, so she got the key and opened the door. And when she went inside, the trailer was just covered in blood. Oh, no. Uh-oh. And what looked like drag marks in blood from there to one of the back bedrooms so these trailers look quite big they're not just a typical mobile home like what we've probably stayed yeah, in yeah but like trailers yeah. in america are like massive aren't they yeah they're pretty big they're like little houses so she obviously was shocked when she saw this blood everywhere and she ran through into chris broden's bedroom screaming his name and that's when she saw so not Chris Roden, but Gary Roden lying on his back, dead. And just a bit further in the bedroom, she saw Chris Roden also on his back, and he was dead as well. Oh, so Chris and Gary Roden were cousins. He, Gary was staying with Chris, had been staying with him, and they're both yeah. dead. So obviously, absolutely shocked hysterical she comes running out of the trailer crying and screaming and screaming get me my phone get me my phone and at 7 49 a.m she called 911 she gave the dispatcher the address and because she was so shocked she'd kind of forgotten the address and so she had to run to the mailbox to have a look at what number it was yeah and uh they dispatched police straight away her nephew frankie so Chris's son, uh, who's just they've just found dead, his son Frankie lived in the next trailer along, which is within walking distance. Poor Bobby Joe was really shocked, so she just kind of ran to his trailer, and the uh, her friend and his wife followed in the car. So she pounded on the door at their trailer to wake them up, and they they didn't come to the door, and then she saw. Brentley, which was their little boy, he was a three-year-old, he sleepily came to the door and he unlocked the door and let her in. And Bobby Joe says, well, where's your dad? Where's your dad? I need to speak to him. And the little boy looked up and said, oh, daddy's playing zombie and pointed to the bedroom. Oh, my God. And that's when she actually looked at him a bit more and he was also had a lot of blood on him with this little boy. And that's when she discovered her nephew, Frankie, and his dead fiance, both dead in bed. And it was just the whole bed was covered in blood. 
and them as well. How do you get over shit like that, though? I don't know. Like, your whole family. Yeah. So, in between Frankie and his fiance was their six-month-old baby, who thankfully was still alive, but was laying in bed with his dead parents, and he was just covered in their blood. That's awful, isn't it? Awful. Absolutely awful. But he was alive. He was alive, yeah. Both kids were alive. So both pretty young, so three-year-old and six-month-old. So they're not going to... So whoever this is did not want didn't to kill, want to the, kill children. the kids. Thankfully. Thank God. But still, just yeah. killing their parents is pretty shit too. Yeah. So Bobby Joe thought, I'm not leaving the kids there any longer. Lent over Frankie Roden's body and picked up the baby and carried him out of the trailer. And she also wrapped Brentley up up in one of her um, sweatshirt and ran out of the trailer with the two children. So then she waited for the police to get there and informed them that she'd found another two bodies. So after speaking to the police and telling them where where everything is and who they were, she rang up her brother. So Bobby Joe's brother. Oh yeah, by the way, this is a huge family. So I'll try and... what I've found a... um, like a family tree, so you can tell who's who. Oh yeah, that's good. Well done. Yeah, we could we could put that on the um maybe on Inst- well on Instagram. So maybe as people are listening, they could have a look at that and we can yeah. kind of follow along. So she rang her brother James Manley in absolute hysterics and told him what happened. She asked him to go and check on their sister, who's Dana Roden. So Dana Roden was married to Chris Roden, who's been found dead. Right. She asked him to go check on Dana Roden because Bobby had gotten a text from Dana a few days before saying that her daughter, Hannah, had given birth and would be staying with her, with like her young baby. Okay. So Dana Roden used to be married to Chris, who was the first pe- one of the first people that were discovered. They were divorced but stayed on really, really good terms. They were married for over 20 years, had three kids. Yeah. And it was actually Chris that had bought her the trailer where it is, just a couple of miles up the road, so that they could both stay close to each other so that all their children can be in the same area and then they can all see their children and grandchildren. And they still did family things together and, you know, it was very, very friendly. So they had three adult children. That was Frankie, who we found dead, Hannah, who just had a baby, and Chris Jr., which they also called Little Chris. So, okay. so James went to Dana's trailer, which was north of the other two trailers, on the same road, and it was about a mile away. He went to the trailer, and he would find Dana dead in the trailer. Oh my god, what's going on? Yeah, he could hear the baby crying, but in a complete state of shock, he just backed up out of there. So he called the police and they came down. Dana Roden and Chris Roden's daughter, Hannah Roden, who was 19, was found also in the trailer who had been shot to death in her bed. And in the bed with her was her five-day-old daughter, Kylie, who was unharmed. Oh, my God, Becky. Who is doing this, though? This has all happened on the same day. Somebody's just gone, I'm like wiping this family, family out. off the yeah, yeah. face of the earth. Yeah. Lil Chris, Chris Roden, 
he also lived in that trailer with his mum, but there was no sign of him in the trailer. Later that day, reports of multiple shootings of the Roden family had started spreading through the town and even started being reported on the news. At the local high school, teachers were watching the news in horror and were really, really worried because one of their students, Chris Roden Jr., had not come in that day. Oh, God. Because they couldn't find him, police had actually put Chris on a very early suspect list because maybe he got hold of a gun and decided to wipe his family out. Yeah. The medical examiners came and started sweeping the trailers. And after a few hours of going through the trailer, they actually found Chris's body inside the trailer as well. So he was there. He just couldn't find him when they first went through and they couldn't keep traipsing through the crime scene and until it's all been swept for evidence. How old was he? He was 16. Oh my god. I'd, oh, the whole family though, like, how'd you get over it? Yeah. Well, you, you don't, I imagine. So yeah, the police get another phone call from the neighbour of Kenneth Roden, who lived about eight miles away saying that he had seen on the news that the Roden family was basically being wiped out. He popped over to his neighbour, Kenneth Roden, to see if he was okay, and he found that he had also been murdered. Oh, my God. (gasps) Jesus Christ. So how many is this dead now? Eight. Eight people. Any small town will naturally be rocked by the murder of one of its own, but the massacre in Piketon, Ohio, left eight people dead from the same family so why i'll get to it (laughs) so because it is such a small community and quite rural very early on the local police decided that they didn't have the funds or resources to deal with this on their own so they reached out straight away for help because they just didn't you know I suppose they dealt with the odd theft and the odd drunk. They didn't They didn't deal with a family massacre, very. No, of course not. Yeah. So the bodies of the victims were taken to Hamilton County's coroner's office in Cincinnati. Their autopsies found that all but one of the victims were shot multiple times in the head. Four of the victims were shot once, twice or three times. One was shot four times and two were shot five times. At the 8th, suffered a total of nine gunshot wounds. And Christopher, uh, Chris Roden, uh, suffered gunshot wounds to the head, torso and limbs, whereas everyone else was really shot in the head. Kenneth Roden was also found with money scattered all over him as well. Oh. It was a little bit different. That's weird. Yeah. So in the early stages, police believed that more than one shooter may be responsible for the killings, seeing as that's quite a lot to do for one person, and to not leave any apparent evidence, and then no one, also no one seemed to hear anything, anything yeah. either. Yeah. So yeah, so since two of the crime scenes were within walking distance from each other, a third located about a mile away, and the fourth about eight miles away, they briefly considered the possibility of a murder-suicide, but none of the victims' deaths appeared to be suicide because of uh, well, most of them had multiple gun- gunshot wounds to the head, and it's hard to do that twice if it's a suicide. So Ohio Attorney General Mike DeWine 
stated that the killings were planned, premeditated, and a sophisticated operation. Um, that the shooter, all shooters, had covered their tracks and removed any incriminating forensic evidence. So no footprints, nothing, nothing was left. At not one of the sacred scenes of the crime, not one. Possibly, maybe a, a footprint or something, but. Then other people were running around and then the police came and nothing that, you know, they could definitely say that's the killer that did that. Yeah. yeah. All of the victims were of the Roden family and surviving family members were urged to tape cautions and to not walk around Why by themselves. Why weren't they bloody witness protection? Not witness protection, but... Police protection, pit- yeah. 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 I don't know. I don't know if I don't know if that happened and I just couldn't find anything on it. But the police also advised everyone in that area just to stay stay inside their homes, yeah. An investigative task force of at least a hundred members was assembled to look into the the case. But nothing really happened. They they couldn't find they didn't have any evidence so they were obviously did a lot of interviews they interviewed almost everyone in the town and a few theories came up so one of the theories is it was a drug hit despite mainly the media kind of saying about this uh lots of speculation by them investigators would eventually say that it wasn't a drug hit they did find in three of the four homes that marijuana was being grown. So they did look into the fact that maybe it was a turf war or a Mexican drug cartel connection or something like that that had gone wrong. Yeah. Um, But they kind of went through the investigation on that and there wasn't enough or, you know, there there wasn't anything there that would point to that. And also... Drug cartels don't tend to care, don't tend to leave kids. It's more of a message send that everyone gets killed. Is they don't leave children, yeah, as well. But I mean, they just they just couldn't find any evidence on that. Uh, the second theory is rooster fighting gone wrong. Okay. Hey. <laughs> now, before you all laugh, roosters. Cock I know you don't like them. Cockfighting is serious business. And those yes. motherfuckers will create a fear inside you like no other. <laughs> Give me a haunted house anytime. Over a rooster. I will not go in a pen with roosters. <laughs> yeah. I just, I just, I don't think, you know, that it is a thing, is cockfighting. I just, what, what do people get out of that? Well, money. They gamble it. They gamble. Oh, the, Two roosters ripping each other apart. So oh, they can yeah. really go at each other. It's horrible. Yeah, it's horrible. I mean, chickens chickens are bitches to each other. They can oh, be um, awful. Yeah. It's, I can imagine in, in that sort of community, it's, you know, rooster fighting, maybe dog fighting. I, I don't know. But, you know, it's probably big business, you know. Yeah. The uh, Detective DeWine also said, he said that evidence indicated that roosters on the property were being possibly bred for the illegal sport. You can actually see on some of the photos that were on the news the cages of where the roosters were being held. Is that worth killing someone over, though? How serious are you about that? You're going to kill someone. 
I suppose I it depends. it depends on the amount of money, doesn't yeah, it? But... You stole my cock. I'm going to mm. shoot you in the head. <laughs> oh, Tash. Oh. <laughs> We've had one with your accents today, babe. <laughs> they are something else. Yes. So, yeah, the roosters were being caged alone, which is a practice consistent with cockfighting, but the <laughs> motives never really gained much traction. Please say cockerel. I'm... What cockerel? I've got a vision, right? Just two, just two men stood there, Sword like fighting. their backs arched and their hips thrust forward, and they're just like whipping each other with their dicks, with a little shank taped to the edge. <laughs> oh dear! I mean, I. I'd watch, maybe I'd watch that. More I'd than, absolutely watch that. Yeah, definitely wouldn't watch real cockfighting, no. but that type, maybe. But it never gained much traction. So just to get this right, this family was farming cannabis and uh, cockerel fighting. No, apparently they, they never even found enough evidence to prove that they were cockfighting. They just had chickens. Oh, well, that's pretty big giveaway that they weren't yeah yeah i mean uh, cocks roosters (laughs) if they're fighting you can cage them like that to stop them fighting if until you can sell them on or eat them if you want to eat them yeah so i have seen a lot of people cage their roosters while they figure out what they do with it because if not they do they can be awful to each other Oh, yeah. If there's not enough chickens there's to go not around. Hens. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We know a lot about we know a lot about chickens on this podcast. Yeah. Tune in for my new chicken podcast. <laughs> Therefore, theory three could be a little bit better. Investigators looked into the possible motivation for killing them over the fact that there was another there was another family that lived in this town, another large family. And this family was called the Wagners. So Hannah Roden, the one who has the five-day-old baby, she so she had a um a child with the next boyfriend, Jake Wagner. This is where it's a little bit unclear. I'm not sure if Jake and Hannah had a previous child together, and then this baby, it, this baby that has the five-day-old, is her second child. It is, but I don't know if the first child was with Jake or whether it was with someone else. Okay. Because um, this part is quite... It's been sealed, the whole part of the this part. So I've only got bits of it and we don't really know what happened next because it's all sealed and it's still ongoing. What I think happened is Hannah and Jake had a child together and then their relationship eventually broke down after their relationship broke down, Hannah had a bit of a, a rebound like boy that she slept with as well. Um, so Hannah was kind of at one point sleeping with two guys, you know, either close together or around about at the same time. And then, but eventually got pregnant. Whoops. Right. So that was not long after she split with Jake, but then was also sleeping with this other guy. So this is the baby that was five days old when she was killed. So they weren't sure who the dad was? 
No, so it was either Jake Wagner or this guy called Charlie Giddy. So after the baby was born, right. so not long after, they had actually planned to take a paternity test each to see who was the actual... That seems um, a sensible thing to do, well done. Yeah. Indeed. Yeah, but apparently um, Jake was heartbroken that Hannah didn't want to be with him anymore. Aww. Part of the reason why they split up was Jake wanted to basically have a wife at home that would look after the house and like take look after the kids and that and hannah wasn't ready to do that or didn't want to do that at all so not a modern man no not a modern man and that's basically why he won and that's why their relationship fell apart okay jake apparently was pressuring hannah to put his name on the birth certificate even though he hadn't they didn't have proof that he was the father yet Tests eventually confirmed that the father to the baby was actually Charlie Gilly and not Jake Wagner. And a gag order was placed on the custody cases in, involving the children and all of the rodent children, so all of the orphaned children because of this um because of this shooting. So that's why I can't get a lot of details about it. Right. So I hope that was right. But yeah, the newborn was definitely uh, not Jake Wagner's daughter. So the Wagners all denied any involvement with the rodents' deaths, and they weren't the only people that were they were looked into. They looked into Bobby Joe, who found four of the bodies in at first, and they also looked into her brother, who found his sister and niece. And then what happens is it really goes quiet, and nothing happens for years but in 2018 so they must have been i think they've kind of kept a lot of things to themselves of the police i mean the police tend to release things when they need the public's help or when it's not going to make a difference yeah so i think they had a lot of stuff up their sleeve possibly but they're still not releasing it um we still don't know the full story but in 2018 Four members of the Wagner family were arrested. Jake Wagner, the father, well, the not not, not father. father of Hannah's daughter, his brother George Wagner, and his parents George Billy Wagner and Angela Wagner. So apparently, they were longtime friends and business partners with Christopher Roden. Interesting. What was their line of business? Possibly maybe the weed. <laughs> Possibly made maybe breeding cocks. Yes, the older tickly cock fights. Um, so... <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck? <laughs> tickly cocks? <laughs> oh dear. Would you rather have tickly cocks or stabby cocks? I don't understand what you mean. <laughs> So we're talking about that they had little shank tw- taped to the end of them when they were cockfighting earlier. Or would you rather be tickled by one? Mm. <laughs> I'm so confused. <laughs> Basically, do you want to be tickled with a dick or stabbed with, with a dick? What? Like, are you literally asking me this question? <laughs> I don't know how cocks tickle you. Like, tickle, 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 tickle. <laughs> Or stabby, stabby. Stabby, 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 stabby. like a, a feather pushed down it and then it's like... 
Oh. No. Oh, I don't even have a dick and cringed at that. Shall we move on? Yeah, we're going to move on because I'm nearly at the end of the story. Anyway, so the Wagoners plead not guilty to all the charges against them. So they arrested those four under suspicion of aggravated murder. And also the grandmothers and matriarchs of the Wagner family, Rita Newcomb and Frederica Wagner, were also charged with allegedly helping cover up the crimes. Even the grandmas were possibly the in on it. matriarchs from each family were covering it. No, no just the Wagners. Oh, right. Both sides of the Wagners. Yeah. Well, anyway, the, they, um, the four that were arrested in connection to the murders were actually held on capital charges and Ohio does have the death penalty. Oh, wow. Apart from the two grandmas. I mean, I'd, I still don't always know if I'm in agreement with the death penalty, but... I can see why that would be the case in this situation. Yeah. I mean, they've wiped out an entire family, right? Yeah. So last April, so April 2021, so on the 5th anniversary of the murders, Jake Wagner actually changed his plea to guilty (gasps) and reportedly confessed to killing at least five of the family members as part of the plea deal, he managed to do it so that none of the Wagner family will face the death penalty, even if Jake testifies against them at trial. That annoys me, though, because parts of me then thinks, well, did they really do it? Or do they know that they're just going to go down so they might as well say they did it and get a lesser sentence? Yeah, and Jake has more motive than everyone else. Things are. He did all that, and then the baby wasn't even his as well. But you've waited five years to admit that you did it, Mm. and the plea bargain is that you then don't get put to death. Yeah. Well, I don't know what evidence they have on him, because it's all pretty hush-hush. And then Angela Wagner also pleaded guilty to to being there when the murders were committed. I don't know if she's pled guilty to actually killing anyone. So why did they do it? I still don't know. The trial is going to be later this year, but it keeps getting pushed back because of COVID. It was supposed to be in 2020 and then 2021. And then now it's apparently the end of August this year for one of them, for Jake, I think. Mm. I didn't realise that until I'd finished like the whole story. And I was like, God damn it, I should have waited uh, until we actually knew. Well, you'll be able to do a follow-up. Yeah, we'll definitely do an update when we uh, find out a little bit more about this. So we don't know why they did it. What what they're saying is, is something to do with possibly the business that yeah. um, maybe the Roden family didn't want to do it anymore, wanted to push the Wagners out. And then also Jake, apparently they had tried to forge custody papers so that Jake uh, can get the baby and that. That after the baby had been proven to not be his. No, this was before the murders. So he tried to do that already. But apparently he'd been a bit forceful with his ex. Jake had also been married before with one of his, with his ex-wife. So another woman that we I don't her I don't know her name it was uh, protected he was um I think he'd also had a child with her and he uh, pushed her to 
sign of a custody like term like shared custody instead of having custody of it all to herself so he could be very pushy when it comes to things like that and getting his own way i mean there's 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 pushy and then there's killing off an entire family yeah i understand why you want to push for custody of your own child absolutely but there's um he did it in a very like uh intimidating way apparently but yeah a lot of like i say a lot of the story is kind of hush hush at the minute because it's still ongoing so yeah as soon as uh as soon as i hear any more i'll definitely update well my heart goes out to that poor family yeah, jesus christ exactly. awful, isn't it? yeah and the poor woman that found them she was a suspect for a while they really questioned her and her brother but obviously they were just doing their job but absolutely heartbreaking and i don't like i said the custody where the babies are that's all um hidden as well it's all hush hush which i'm glad it is because the privacy and that for the kids have been through enough yeah. they don't want everyone knowing where they are yeah so that's the piketon massacre wow well that was whew. that's a lot isn't it that was a lot yeah that was a lot so well thanks bex <laughs> No problem. <laughs> well, thanks, Becky. That was um, that was a lot. That was a lot. <laughs> Poor family. Absolutely awful. Yeah. So, sh- should we wrap it up? Yeah. yeah, let's. So, you can follow us on Facebook under Spine Chillers and Serial Killers. We're very active on there. Tash also looks after the Instagram, which is... It's S-C-S-K underscore podcast. And that is also our Twitter and our TikTok. Yeah. And Bex, if you want to email in any ghost stories or true crime stories, or if you want to ask us to cover a case, or even if you just want to say hi, you can email us at Uh, chillers.killers.pod at gmail.com. Fantabidoza. All right, you lovely ladies. I shall speak to you next week. Yeah. Speak to you soon. Thanks for listening. Bye. Oh, (laughs) what did he say say at the end? Uh, (laughs) Stay safe. Don't get... um, Oh, my! I was about to say, don't get murdered. (laughs) That's not us. (laughs) That's not us. No, sorry. I wish it was, but it's not. Respect to those ladies. Um, don't kill people and keep it weird bye bye, bye. <laughs>